prayer. Be faithful in obedience uh, to the Lord. And we're going to trust the Lord. We are trusting the Lord uh, to answer prayer and uh, to break through strongholds, to open hearts uh, that uh, are not open to the things of the Lord. But God can work uh, in them and on their, on their hearts. Amen. Jonah chapter 2. This is Jonah's prayer that he prayed. And we're going to talk about Jonah's prayer uh, here uh, this morning. Jonah chapter 2. Then Jonah prayed unto the Lord his God out of the fish's belly and said, I cried by reason of mine affliction unto the Lord. And he heard me out of the belly of hell, cried I, and thou heardest my voice. For thou hast cast me into the deep in the midst of the seas, and the floods compassed me about. All thy billows and thy waves passed over me. Then I said, I am cast out of thy sight, yet I will look again toward thy holy temple. The waters compassed me about, even to the soul. The depth closed me round about. The weeds were wrapped about my head. I went down to the bottoms of the mountains. The earth with her bars was about me forever. Yet hast thou brought up my life from corruption, O Lord my God. When my soul fainted within me, I remembered the Lord, and my prayer came in unto thee, into thine holy temple. They that observe lying vanities forsake their own mercy, but I will sacrifice unto thee with the voice of thanksgiving. I will pay that that I have vowed. Salvation is of the Lord. And the Lord spake unto the fish, and it vomited out Jonah upon dry land. Amen. Praise God for his word today. I know we're in a new year, a few days into a new year, and uh, maybe you're um, looking at new ways that you can do better, make adjustments in your life. Some of you may have made resolutions or purpose to to do better in several areas of your life. That's not a bad thing. It's a worthwhile thing, especially as we're starting a, a new year, to ask the Lord to do some new things uh, in, in your life. Maybe uh, in the area of your physical health, you may be looking at that and trying to make some changes. Uh, maybe uh, eating a little healthier, exercising a little more, maybe trying to lose a few pounds, do a few things to improve your health. That's good. Nothing wrong with that. That's a good, that's a good thing. Maybe other goals that you've uh, set for uh, yourself and for this year. Maybe in the area of your finances, you want to eliminate uh, uh, debt, maybe save more, certainly give more uh, in that area. All these areas of our life that we can certainly make some improvements on. Uh, I'm, I'm not... Uh, uh, not minimizing that. And then there are, of course, spiritual goals, which are above all the most important thing that we set some intentional spiritual goals for the year. And I hope that you have been 
focusing on that and maybe even looking into the Word of God in a more uh, deep and focused way as you're getting the year uh, started, maybe uh, determining to, to seek the Lord in a greater way in prayer and in fasting and, and uh, just seeking the Lord. And uh, I'm glad you're here today. I'm glad you're here in church on this first Sunday of a new year. You're kind of setting the precedent for the rest of the year. The right thing to do is go to church. Amen. The right thing to do is go to church. Let me just give you a little few statistics here. I'm, I'm going to get to Jonah's prayer in just a minute here, so just hang with me. If you, We have three services a week normally, and... Uh, if you come to all three of the services, you spend about four and a half or five hours of your time in, in church. And uh, that's not really a lot of time. I mean, if you're here all three services, that's about 3% of your time during the week. It's not really that much of a commitment. So I just encourage you uh, to make a commitment to coming to church being in the house of the Lord and uh, being here uh, since this is the first Sunday of the year, it's a good time just to say, I'm going to do this for 52 weeks by the grace of God. And I'm going to be here. And on Sunday night, I'm going to be here. On a Wednesday night, I'm going to be here. It's not a lot really uh, to commit to uh, when we have so many other things that uh, are swallowing up all of our time. Amen, how important it is. I, I, I uh, heard this... Um, uh, someone had put this up. Why church attendance? For those who go to church regularly, your mortality rate goes down 20 to 30%. So if for no other reason, a good reason to come to church is you're going to live longer. Not only that, but uh, statistics show that people live a much healthier life if they go to church. And also that people are much more optimistic, less discouragement and depression if you go to church on a regular basis. And then your home life and your family life, much less chance of marital problems, marital issues, family issues, divorce and things of that sort uh, if you are a churchgoer. Amen. Those are all just kind of peripheral things that are benefits of going to the house of the Lord. But actually, we go to church because we're a part of the family of God. We've been born into to the, to the kingdom of God and the family of God. And uh, we, want, we want to make the things of God a spiritual priority in our life. Amen. And so one way to do that is, just, is to be faithful to uh, the house of God. And so it's, since it's your spiritual family... Uh, in, a, in a spiritual family, you, it's, a, it's an opportunity for you to, to be held accountable, to be spiritually accountable. Um, that uh, It's obvious that you are, you're focusing upon the things that are really important uh, and the things of God. The Bible says that pastors have a responsibility to watch for your soul and that one day pastors will have to give an account for you. So it should be a mutual thing that we're accountable to each other. <laughs> Amen. Praise the Lord. This is just kind of a little extra stuff here uh, this morning. 
The scripture says that we are in the, you know, in that we are to to not forsake the assembling of ourselves together, as the manner of some is, and this of course was in Paul's day, uh, but yet exhorting one another, encouraging one another uh, uh, in the house of the Lord, so much the more as you see the day approaching, we see the times we're living in. You have to be blind not recognize that we are in the last days, and these are important times to be in the house of God. Go into the house of the Lord. Amen. Now let's talk about Jonah a few minutes here this morning. Jonah was a prophet of God. No doubt uh, uh, he knew what it was. When you read the book of Jonah, you recognize that Jonah has had uh, a walk with God. He has had an encounter with God. He was called of God. He was a prophet. A prophet was, was a, uh, a voice for God. He was called to hear the word of God, to hear the voice of God, and, uh, and then to speak uh, uh, the word of the Lord to his, his, those that he was responsible to. So I know that Jonah, as a prophet, had heard the voice of the Lord many times. And uh, let me tell you, if you hear God's voice, if, you're a, if you read the Bible, or if you hear teaching and preaching... You're not going to be able to hear or to read the Word of God without, uh, at some point in time, the Word of God confronts your life. You have a a confrontational experience with the Word of the Lord. When the Word of God goes forth, when it's taught, when it's preached, sometimes it's kind of like a bitter pill. It's kind of like something I know I need to hear uh, but it's not all that pleasant to hear. That's what happened to Jonah. This time, as in many other times, he had heard the voice of the Lord. But this time, when he hears the voice of the Lord, he doesn't like what God is saying. He doesn't like what God is commanding him uh, to do. He's confronted with a command from God that he did not want to hear. If you serve the Lord long enough uh, and you're around the things of God, around the word of God, you're going to be confronted with the truth of his word. And when God is speaking to us uh, and uh, dealing with us through the word by the power of the spirit of God, there are going to be times uh, that it's going to be hard to hear and it's going to be something we won't want to do or we won't want to obey, but yet uh, it goes con- tr- contrary to the flesh. And uh, it's hard to hear and certainly hard to obey and receive it. But that's what Jonah was dealing with. Sometimes the word of God. Now, um, I've been around it all of my life. And uh, I've heard teaching and preaching that has been uh, edifying and encouraging. And, and uh, I've been you know, blessed by hearing it and uh, thankful for it. But there's been a few times... Over the years, that when I heard it, I was like, oh, this is me. That was me. I got pierced in my heart. I was convicted. I recognized it, that it was directly to me. I didn't really want to hear it, but I knew that I needed to hear it. It was good for me, and uh, I needed to respond to it. Jeremiah said in Jeremiah 23, Is not my word like a fire, saith the Lord, and like a hammer 
that breaketh the rocks in pieces. Sometimes the flesh is, is crushed when it's confronted with the truth of the word of God. That's what happened to Jonah. And as a result, instead of running to God, instead of obeying the voice of God, instead of uh, responding in a good way, in a positive way, Jonah ran away from God. And the Bible says he, as he ran away from God, he was fleeing from the presence of God. Every step that he took, whenever he said no to God, every step that he took was a downward walk. It was a downward step. He went down to Joppa. He went down into the ship. He went down into the ocean. He went down into the depths of the sea. And every step that he took when he said no to the voice of the Lord was a downward path. A downward path. So whenever you hear the voice of the Lord, whenever God is dealing with you, whenever God is speaking to you, even though it may be unpleasant, even though it crushes the spirit and the flesh and causes you to say, oh, I don't want this. I don't want to follow this way. I don't want to live this life. I don't want to follow in obedience to the word of the Lord. Please, please respond. Don't run away from the voice of the Lord, but listen to his voice and, and respond uh, uh, in uh, obedience to the things of God. Because when you turn away from the voice of the Lord, you will flee from the presence of God. You're running away from the presence of God. Here's the wonderful thing, though. You may be running away from the presence of God, but no matter how far away from God you get, it doesn't matter. It's estimated at least 1,500 miles that Jonah was was running away on his way to Tarshish. He was, he was running away probably at least 1,500 miles. That's a long ways to try to get away from the voice of the Lord. But yet he did. And he ran as hard as he could away from God and away from what was right and away from the voice of the Lord. But, you know, sometimes um, we, we, all, we all know the story of the book of Jonah and when you, when you mention the book of Jonah, everybody's heard the story of Jonah and the whale, and that, that, that gets all of the, the real attention. But the bigger picture, the bigger message in the book of Jonah is God's pursuing of people, God's pursuing of mankind, and to the great extent that he'll go to, to reach people. You understand that? Nineveh was kind of the capital city of the Assyrian Empire, and they were wicked and vile people. They would be like the Hamas of today. They were like the terrorists of today. Whenever they would swoop into a city, it was, it was vicious, it was violent, it was bloody, it was horrible. What they would do when they would, they, they would come in and they would conquer a city or a region, and it was... Uh, it was ruthless and awful the way that they, they did. They were not deserving of forgiveness. They didn't deserve to hear the message of the gospel. They, they, they were violent and evil and wicked and pagan in their, in their ways. Uh, but God, the whole book of Jonah is God's pursuing of people that don't 
deserve to be pursued. God pursuing a nation and a wicked and a vile people who do not deserve to be pursued. And the great length that he would go to to get the gospel to them. He first calls Jonah and says, I want you to go to Nineveh. I want you to cry out and preach to that city. And Jonah says no, and he runs from the presence of the Lord. He goes in the the other direction completely. And uh, But but I want you to, to, to be reminded here this morning that you may have someone that you're concerned about, or it may be someone even in this service here today that you... You're on the run from God. You're running away from the voice of the Lord. You're, you don't want to yield to the call of God. The Lord is dealing with you. The Lord is speaking to you. And, uh, but, but you don't want to respond to that. You've got your own plans, your own ideas about your life and your future, but you're not willing to listen to the voice of the Lord. But I, w- I want you to know this morning that the Spirit of God is pursuing you The Lord is after you and your friends and your loved ones that are so far away from God. God is pursuing them and you're praying for them and you're wondering, will they ever respond? Will they ever turn to the Lord? Oh, but God is pursuing them. He is pursuing them. Do they deserve it? No, they don't deserve it. None of us deserve the mercy and the grace of God, but God is pursuing them just as he was pursuing Jonah, just as he was pursuing the city of Nineveh. Amen. You understand that no matter where you are, you're not going to be able to get away from the presence of God. Amen. Praise God. You can't get so far away from from God. You You can't outrun the presence of God. You can't go so far away. Some folks have have thought, well, I've done so many wicked and evil things. I'm so far from God. God can never reach to where I am. Oh, you don't understand the grace of God. You don't understand how far and to what extent God will go to to reach the lost, to reach those that are desperately in need of a Savior. Psalm 139 says, Thou compasseth my path and my lying down and art acquainted with my ways. For there is not a word in my tongue, but lo, O Lord, thou knowest it altogether. Thou hast beset me behind and before, and hast laid thine hand upon me. Such knowledge is too wonderful for me. It is high, I cannot attain unto it. This is the psalmist saying that God, is just, he just surrounds me, he compasses around me. He knows every word on my tongue, even before I speak it. He's beset me behind and before. He's laid his hand upon me. This is the pursuing God. This is the God that's in pursuit of you. If you're here this morning and you're a long way from God, but oh, the heart of God is after you. The heart of God is pursuing you. Whither shall I go from thy spirit? Or whither shall I flee from thy presence? If I ascend up into heaven, thou art there. If I make my bed in hell, behold, thou art there. If I take the wings in the morning and dwell in the uttermost parts of the sea, even there shall thy hand lead me, and thy right hand shall hold me. Amen. That's the mercy of God. That's the grace of God that is always reaching, 
always going after uh, the, the lost and the, those that are in need of a Savior. And even those that are resistant and rebellious toward the voice of the Lord like Jonah was. Rejecting the call of God and the voice of the Lord. He runs away from the Lord. But the Bible says that God, the last verse of chapter 1. In chapter 1, Jonah is running from God. In chapter 2, he is running to God. The last verse of that chapter, chapter 1, it says, Now the Lord had prepared a great fish to swallow up Jonah. Now that's a wonderful, wonderful message that reminds us of the fact that, uh, that God is preparing a way to get the attention of the hearts of those that are lost and that are running away from God. If you're running as hard as you can away from God, God has already prepared a way to grab hold of your heart and your attention and to somehow bring you to that place that you will hear the voice of the Lord. That's the larger message in the book of Jonah that God is pursuing. And no matter how wicked or how vile or rebellious or how stubborn that you might be, God is going to go to the greatest extremes to provide hope and salvation to whosoever will. Praise God. Glory be to God. Amen. Oh, what a wonderful thing. God prepared a fish, uh, a whale likely, uh, to swallow Jonah. You talk about strange and unbelievable ways that God will work to bring you into that place that you will finally hear the voice of the Lord. He prepared a great fish to swallow up Jonah. Jonah was in the belly of the fish three days and three nights. Verse 2, or verse 1 of chapter 2, then Jonah prayed. Can you believe that? Three days. This is how self-willed and how stubborn that Jonah is. I'm not going to do what God's called me to do. I am not going to preach to those Ninevites. He despised them. He was so prejudiced against them. I don't know. There was a deep, deep hatred in his heart. He didn't want them to know God. He didn't want them to change. He didn't, do, he didn't want anything uh, to, to turn them uh, from God. All he wanted to happen to the Ninevites and, and to all of the Assyrians, he wanted the judgment of God to fall upon them. He was so stubborn against the voice of the Lord that he spends three days in the belly of the whale before he finally, it says, then he prayed. Then he prayed. Finally, he prayed. You see, God knows what it will take to break your stubbornness. God knows what it will take to bring you to that place of repentance. I mean, just imagine with me. I can't imagine this. I've tried to imagine the horribleness of being swallowed up by a whale. For one thing, it's completely dark. There's nothing but the smell of rotting, dead f flesh. And then all the stomach acids uh, of the uh, uh, inside of the whale. He even describes it. He says, my head, I'm wrapped with seaweed. Seaweed is wrapped around my head. And can you imagine? I mean, this whale is not just floating along. This is a whale that's 
constantly moving. And so he's being sloshed around and thrown around inside of this. this but he's so stubborn that it takes three days going through that for him to finally say, okay, God, okay, God. And then he cried out to the Lord. Now, I don't know if I've ever met that stubborn of a person or not, but I've met some stubborn people who had just set their will against God. They just would not, they just would not serve the Lord. They would not humble themselves and cry out to the Lord. But I want you to know that God's in pursuit of them. God's pursuing them. God is dealing with them. He's speaking to them and he can create circumstances in ways that you cannot even imagine. Even with all your your imagination, you could never think of the ways that God can create circumstances in that person's life that will finally bring them to the, to the place that they are humbled and they are willing to cry out to God. I tell you, it's a dangerous thing to set your will against God. It's a terrible thing to say, no, I'm going to go my own way. I'm not going to listen to the voice of God. I'm not going to listen to the people in my life. I'm not going to listen to the preacher. I'm not going to listen to my parents. I'm not going to listen to those people that God has put in my life. I've got my, I'm going to go my own way. I'm going to fulfill my own stubborn will and stubborn desires. Be careful. Be careful. Because you don't know what pathway that you might find yourself on. You don't know what circumstance you might be. But God knows God knows, and he knew that Jonah was not going to respond and he was not going to do his will until he got into this terrible, awful circumstance that he was in. He was in the belly of the whale for those three days before going through all of the agony and all of the, the fear and the anxiety of, of that, believing that he's, a, he's about dead, and he even says that I'm going down uh, into the depths of the sea. The floods have all come past about me. All the billows and the waves have passed over me. I am cast out of sight. I mean, he just thought, I am so, uh, I'm so far removed that God can't even see me. That was what he thought. But oh, how wrong he was. God knew right where he was at and God had positioned him and put him where he was at to bring you to that place that, that he would eventually pray and cry out to the Lord. Amen. He said, then I said, verse 4, I am cast out of thy sight, yet I will look again. Here's where the turn starts. Here's where the transformation begins. He said, Lord, I'm, I'm out of your sight. I'm a million miles. That's what he thought. I'm a million miles away from God. God doesn't know where I'm at. He could not even see me in this predicament. Oh, but God could see him. And not only could God see him, but he said, I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to look toward God. And that's when the change begins in Jonah's heart. He begins to cry out to the Lord and he looks unto the Lord. And he looks toward the holy temple. And uh, now how would he know how to do that? Well, it's really just his memories. And that's what he describes uh, here in, uh, in the text in verse 7. When my soul fainted within me, I remembered the Lord. What did he remember? He remembered being in fellowship with the Lord. He remembered, no doubt, the word of the Lord that he had learned and known. 
And actually, in this prayer of Jonah, there's nine different places that there are references to Psalms. So Psalms of David uh, that uh, are, are mentioned in this prayer uh, of, uh, of, of Jonah nine different times. And then twice here in the, in the prayer, he mentions that I'm going to look toward the holy temple. He's, he's remembering. I remember all these scriptures. I remember all these verses. I remember the temple when I would go there to worship. Could I just encourage you, if you've got someone that you're praying for that's on the run, I mean, they're running hard as, and fast as they can away from God, that God would bring to their memory. God would put them in circumstances where they will get squeezed by, uh, uh, by the Lord to the place that they'll hear the voice of the Lord. And then God will bring to their remembering, God would bring to their remembrance the ability, the, the scriptures that they have known in the past or they have heard in the past. And uh, the times in the presence of God. Uh, Jonah mentions twice here, I, I look towards your holy temple. He was remembering the temple and temple worship and the presence of God and all of the things that took place in the temple. There's a transformation that's taking place through the prayer of Jonah. Amen. When he cries out to the Lord in that situation that he's in. Sometimes people won't listen to God. They won't give God a chance until they get in the most desperate situation. Again, the most desperate situation like he was in. Some folks have just set their will. They're so stubborn toward the voice of the Lord. They will not. They refuse to listen to the voice of the Lord. But God is arranging a fish. God is arranging circumstances. God is at work. And he wants to bring it. That's the whole story of the book of Jonah is that God will go to all these great, uh, this great extent to, to somehow get the gospel to Jonah so he can get it through Jonah to that nation of Assyria, to that city of Nineveh, because he wants to reach them with the, with the hope and the grace of God. Praise the Lord. Amen. Then he cried out to the Lord in his desperate hour. And for some uh, that you know of, that you're praying for them and you're concerned about them, pray and don't interfere whenever God arranges adverse circumstances in their life and it's putting the squeeze on them. Don't interfere with that. Don't get in there and think, well, I could, I'll help them out. I feel sorry for them and, 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 and the struggle that they're in. No, God's, God's prepared the fish. God's prepared the circumstance. God's the one's putting the squeeze on them. So let's not interfere in that. Let's let God do his work. Let's God, let God uh, deal with them and convict them and bring them to that place that they will finally cry out to the Lord. Amen. Praise God. Amen. So when he prayed, his prayer was powerful. His prayer was effective. Obviously, he wasn't able to write this prayer in the belly of the fish. He didn't have a scroll or a, or a, a he, he was in no place to write a prayer. But let me tell you, he prayed the prayer. And as soon as he's out of that circumstance, as soon as he has the opportunity, and when he writes the story of what has happened to him, he writes down this prayer 
as I mentioned, nine references to the Psalms. I remembered the Lord. I remembered the Lord. I remembered his temple. I remembered his truth. And uh, he cried out to the Lord. And the Lord, the Lord heard him. And there's a transformation that takes place in his life in the midst of that horrible, horrible circumstance. Verse 9. But I will sacrifice unto thee with the voice of thanksgiving. Oh, the transformation has taken place in his heart. I mean, even before he ever got out of that mess that he was in, he already has had a change of heart. He's already cried out to the Lord and things have changed. He said, I'm going to praise God. I'm going to speak with a voice of thanksgiving. And then he said, I'm going to pay that vow that I vowed to, to, to do, apparently, in his life. He had committed to the Lord as the prophet of God. Lord, what you tell me to do, I'll do it. He'd vowed to the Lord that he would walk in obedience to the call, uh, uh, call of God that was up, uh, upon his life. And he says, I'm so thankful that now I can be restored. I will keep my word. I'll keep my vow. I'll do what I promised you would do, I would do, Lord. And as soon as he made that renewed commitment. And the Bible says that the Lord spoke to the fish, the circumstance, the adversity, the mess he was in, and he was vomited out upon dry land. Praise God. Hallelujah. Now there is deliverance. There is hope for your future. And if you're on the run from God today, there's hope for you. But don't allow yourself to get in such a situation that you're in, you're in, you're in a squeeze. You're in, a, you're in the, the worst of circumstances. And, uh, I encourage you to listen to the voice of the Lord and to pray a prayer like Jonah. And cry out to the Lord in the middle of your circumstance that you're in right now. And I, I don't know many that are here today. I don't, I don't know what you're dealing with. And I don't know your circumstance but I want to encourage you, especially if you are not serving God, if you're on the run from God and you're going your own way, please hear the voice of the Lord today. Let the Lord speak to you in your present situation and obey his voice today. The Lord spoke to that fish and he vomits him out on dry land. He hits the ground running in obedience to go to Nineveh. He goes there and he preaches a little short message. Just a few words. I think it's like eight or nine words that he preaches as he crisscrosses the city of Nineveh. And God moves. God keeps his word. The entire city of Nineveh is brought to their, uh, to their knees. They're brought and humbled before the Lord, because the whole heart of God was after that wicked city of Nineveh, and He wanted to do it through a man named Jonah. So, the, really, the important thing I think for us to recognize from the book of Jonah is that God is pursuing people, and He wants to use you and me to get the job done. Praise God. Father, we thank you for your word. Thank you, Lord, that you're pursuing the lost, even the most 
vile and wicked. I just pray, Lord, that for some in this service today, that they're on the run. They're on the run from the voice of the Lord. They don't want to do it. They don't want to obey God. They don't want to, they want to live their life according to their own desires and their own fleshly desires. But Lord, I know that you're pursuing them. Your heart is after their heart. They can't get away from you no matter how far they run because you're dealing with them and speaking to them and, and bringing them to that place. And I pray, Lord, that even some in this service today would be willing to cry out to you in their time of affliction. That they would cry out to you today and find you, Lord, to be a forgiving God, a God of mercy and grace who will bring them in to the kingdom. Praise God. Hallelujah. Let's stand. Would you stand with me, everybody?